Wow, what a good attendance. When you think about it, I know why. Because of the pastor, staff, all these preachers, they get me kind of nervous. <laughs> but it's wonderful to be here. I, I feel like the guy that uh, said, you know, if a mosquito would bite me, I pray he'd go away singing his power in the blood. I need that. <laughs> I need a lot of power, don't we? It's good to be with you. I want to talk about uh, Barnabas, one of the greatest encouragers that I know of. And we're going to look in Acts 4 in just a moment. Uh, 34, let me get my glasses on where I can see. The Bible school is so important, vacation Bible school. I still remember being in Bible school. Do you? Man, I'm telling you, it'll touch your heart. In chapter 4, 34 through 37, Barnabas the encourager. We need that. Nor was there any one among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. They laid them at the apostles' feet, they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, or Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. Another script... Uh, translation says in 36, and so it was that Joseph, a Levite born in Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which mean one who encourages, sold a field he owned and brought the money and turned it over to the apostles. Every pastor dreams of a Barnabas. They're wonderful. His name means encouragement, not only to the preacher, but to the people in the church. He has an influence. He's a dedicated Christian, a Holy Spirit-filled man who comes alongside folks to help them. No opportunity escapes this man. He'll take a chance on someone's potential. Don't you like people like that? Man, I'm telling you, we preachers sometimes have to take a chance. Somebody's had a bad record or a bad rap, and they need a little help. They need to get out of the ditch. Now, we could push them on down further or, or step on them, but we, we encourage them. It was about 1900, well, it was 1985. We were building our first building, and a man, one of my men came to me and handed me a large check, I mean a big one. I said, what do you want me to specify this for? He said, Pastor, God's going to show you what it's needed for. He trusted me. I said, by the way, we also need, <laughs> I was just letting him know, not, not asking any more. <laughs> we got 600 feet of uh, sewer, and I don't know how in the world we'll go get that done behind the church. We didn't want to pump it out. We wanted to flow it out so it wouldn't come back on us. He said, I'll take care of that also. Just after that, and I won't go into too many illustrations, but we were going in the building. We had it finished. We had an old piano we drug around. You know how that goes. And 
And one of my men come crying to me, he said, Pastor, we don't want to put that old ugly piano in there. Could I please go to Fox and get us a piano? It's on Saturday. I said, okay, if you insist. <laughs> Man, they brought a piano out that day because he was a, a good customer. I'm telling you, it's important. It's very important to follow the Lord. And these are encouragers. Encouragement helps others. I love to be encouraged. I don't want to be bragged about, but I like encouragement. When you describe a person, you usually begin with the most important thing first, don't you? You're describing Leonardo da Vinci. You might start with, he was a great artist. Well, I believe you got some of them right here. Somebody made the sign, the missionary plaques, up there, probably in your church. I don't know. If you were describing Galileo, you would say he was a brilliant scientist. But look at the first words the Bible speaks about Barnabas. After God sent the Holy Spirit to live inside all believers, they were teaching about Jesus, proving his power, even with miracles. They shared all they had. Those who had no money or were low in money or whatever, they helped them. For instance, in 36, 37, Barnabas sold his land. It wasn't to brag about it. You know, the next chapter today, and it gets rough because Ananias and Sapphira in there. They could have gave it all and said it, and it had been no problem, but they lied. They were greedy. From the first mention of Barnabas, we learned several important things. We learned he was what? Generous. I've never been able to outgive God. You can't. Man, every time I think I got caught up, he, he surpasses it. I don't give to give. You put others before him. Don't do that. Put Jesus first. Man, I'm telling you, it works. When Barnabas sold his land, he didn't keep the money to buy what he wanted. He gave it to the apostles to share with other believers. His parents named him Joseph. He was such an encourager, they gave him the nickname Barnabas. I like to call him Barney, but I don't want to cut him down or anything. I wonder if you, you don't have to tell me your nickname, some of them aren't so hot, but you know people with nicknames. We need something done at church, and I'll say, well, uh, what about uh, so-and-so? I don't think you better shake it, you need to stay away. How you treat others, that's a nickname. He had one of caring and sharing and kind and helpful. Man, I'm telling you, that's a good way. This is the way a church ought to be, isn't it? An encourager helps others by giving them what they need by speaking words to encourage them. Not a big head. Story about a boy who grew up about 100 years ago. He was a child, and Walter loved to draw. His parents never praised him. They didn't encourage that. But his aunt encouraged him by buying him drawing pads and pencils. His neighbor, Doc Sherwood, also encouraged his talent. And when he was seven years old, Doc and his wife asked him to draw some pictures of their horse. 
and he did. They complimented him. You know him as Walt Disney, <laughs> but he had to be encouraged. He gave us Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and all that, and, and I believe he'd turn over, not in his grave, but in his uh, own ice today if he knew what was going on. He won 26 Academy Awards. He also went bankrupt three times, but he didn't quit. Look at his cartoons. But a little encouragement can go a long way. Encouraging. Have you encouraged somebody lately? How about your mom or your dad or your grandchildren or even great-grandchildren? Man, I love them, don't you? You can send them home. <laughs> They're wonderful. Spoil them. As believers, most important thing you can do is just encourage someone to follow Jesus. Just like Barnabas, his friends, he had something to do, didn't he? Encouragement so important. And in fact, it's a command in the Bible. Did you know that? Look in 1 Thessalonians 5.13. So encourage each other, build each other up. That's not the scripture, just as you already are doing. Here it is. An esteem, and, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. You want to be at peace? Encourage somebody. That's what he's saying. You want, to, you want to have some calmness about you? Do that. By encouraging each other, we can keep people out of the sin trap. Oh, it's so easy to, to quit church or, or give a sigh because somebody might make you mad or take your seat or whatever. I don't know. hope you don't own a seat. But anyway, I've been in churches. We had revival. Uh, many, many years ago somewhere, and <laughs> they told my wife, don't, don't sit in them seats right there now. They belong to people, and they own them. <laughs> we didn't want to shake anybody up. And I, man, I just preached my heart out that week. I had a great revival, and on Tuesday night, I made one mistake. I attacked the devil. I said, you know, God healed me of kidney stones. God's the healer. That night, I went to the hospital. I said, you can keep on, devil. I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to still brag about Jesus. He's still the healer, and he did. Encouragement does help others. My second point, you better think, I don't have many points. I only got two. Encouragement helps God's kingdom. That's what it's about. You want to fill this church up, don't you? You do it by encouragement. Complaining never built a church. Telling people something's wrong when it's not anything wrong, but maybe me, <laughs> maybe I need to get the knee, on my knees. And, well, it's me, oh God, in need of prayer. That's what the song says, isn't it? So Barnabas had encouraging words that made a huge difference. He believed in Paul before anybody else did. Nobody believed in him. Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, was filled with the Holy Spirit afterwards. I'm telling you, it wasn't really good at first. He was blind, he was messed up. He preached boldly later, the Son of God, you know that. The religious leaders in Damascus uh, didn't like Paul, they wanted to kill him, they planned to, to do that, and he had to leave Jerusalem, you know the story. Believers in Jerusalem were afraid of Paul, rightfully so. How could he make them understand that he didn't come to harm them? He had an encounter with Jesus. 
when he had a whole stack of death warrants in his hand, when he was marching down the road to kill Christians. I guarantee you'd probably stay away from him too, wouldn't you? We need to look at the potential in people and encourage them. Barnabas knew something. Remember in the beginning, Saul was persecuting, but then he got converted. If you hadn't been converted, you better be. You ought to be. You need to be. Jesus makes a difference. I remember, I don't know what grade it was, but I, I'd just soon have an F as to give an oral book report. I, I ain't getting up in front of nobody. I said, you wait till I get out of this school. I'm not going to ever study any more books. I'm going to be out free. I'll never do it. 27 years of age, God called me to preach. <laughs> oh, man, God, I don't know what to do. He said, that's why I want you. <laughs> I want you to listen to me. You think you know something. No, I don't know anything. <laughs> I know you're making a mistake. No, I don't. I don't make mistakes. <laughs> okay. So, man, I'd been witnessing somebody, okay? Went witnessing plenty. He called me up on the phone. He said, Pastor, we've got to meet. We've got to meet. We've got to meet. Okay. I was traveling down I-26 today. Lightning struck my truck, blew all the tires out, smoke come out of the radio. This really happened. I want to get saved. <laughs> I'm ready to believe. <laughs> and he did. I had a, I went to Bible college in Florida. We had this big tall guy, Bob Eisenberg. I mean, he's a giant. He's a former wrestler. I mean, he was big. And this is his testimony. He said he was driving down the road and his wheels started turning and pulled him off the road and he jumped out of the vehicle, got on his knees, nobody around, nobody in the car with him, and he accepted Jesus. I believe him. God can do anything he wants to. He could break your steering wheel. He could break your tire rod, whatever he wanted to. And I was telling that story, and uh, one of our former, he's dead and gone to heaven now, Brother Odom, said, that's my nephew. I said, no, this is down in Florida. I know, that's my nephew. Boy, that related. See, you're in a small world. Somebody knows you everywhere you go. You better be an encourager. They're seeing you. God can change anyone. I've doubted that sometime. I've seen some people who are hopeless, I thought. But don't give up on them too quickly. Never stop praying for them. What seems impossible, God can still do, can't he? After Paul's experience, believers feared him. Uh, they considered him the enemy. And Barnabas saw and heard Paul. He preached in Damascus. He believed him. Barnabas, I love this, he introduced him. Man, if Brother Jim introduces me to somebody and tells me something good about him, I know it's real. Same way with you, brother. I know you. I've been knowing you so many years. It means a lot when you befriend somebody. Man, had a music director come into church. Well, he wasn't then, but years ago, discouraged, knocked down, been through the battlefield, wife sick, everything was wrong. And I loved him and I cared about him. And he did become our music director. 
in Acts 9, 27, 31, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, declared unto them how he had seen the Lord on the road, on the way. He spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. He said, this guy's preaching. And he was with them coming in, going out at Jerusalem. He spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus, disputed against the Hellenists, the Grecians, but they went about to kill him. Let me tell you, if you're any good, the devil wants you out of sight. He'd like to get rid of you, and don't you think he won't put things in your way? Which when the brethren found out and knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. Then had the churches rest throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria, had peace and were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord. Here, I love this. And the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. If you're preaching the Word, it's going to multiply. Amen. The believers knew Barnabas. They, they knew his reputation. They knew his integrity. They believed him. They, they stayed a year discipling them in that town. You say, well, I don't have to go to Sunday school. I don't need it. Well, I do. I do. I teach Sunday school. <laughs> I do. I, I got the latecomers class. <laughs> After Sunday school starts, I got a class starts late. I really do, seriously. Sunday school, this study was a year. They, we need to get in the Bible. I like preaching and we need that, but you can really get into the stuff when you get in the book, can't you? Preaching to the people, spreading the good news. One last week, I, I was trying to call somebody and I'm driving. I, I don't, you know, mess around with that much, but I, I punched the button when I saw, you know, what I wanted and the phone rang the wrong guy. It was David in Florida. I said, oh, man, let me hang this thing up. I'm trying to drive. I said, I didn't mean to call him. Later that night, that evening, he calls me up. and He said, I'm sorry I missed your call. I said, well, I made a mistake. He said, no, you didn't. I was in the bank. My wife just lost her brother this week. We're going to do the funeral, you know, have it done. We had a lot of questions. We need some answers. When I finished, she said, I know without a doubt God called you. God wanted you to talk to me. And I, I encouraged you, to, and I did all I could. I was their pastor years ago, a long time ago, and we still keep up with each other every now and then. It had been a long time. But the Holy Spirit spoke to the believers. Barnabas and Paul to go on a trip. Remember that one? A mission trip. Two men went along. John, Mark, sailed to Cyprus. Paul's first missionary journey is in Acts 13, 13 and 14. God used it. But there was a little problem there. And John, Mark left. Remember that? After they come back. and At this point, John, Mark left them for reasons not stated in the Bible. Possibly he was homesick. Some people get homesick. Maybe he resented change in leadership from Barnabas to Paul. You know, we got our favorite preachers. Maybe he become ill. I don't know. Maybe he just had hard bed, bad food. I'm out of here. 
Maybe he had decided to quit then. I don't know. Whatever the reason, he returned to the more familiar, comfortable place. He's in bed, Mama calls him for breakfast, and she has everything ready. I can just picture it. Eggs and bacon, come on, honey. But Paul accused John Mark of lacking courage and commitment, refusing to take him along on another journey, and Barnabas took John Mark, but Paul disagreed strongly. He said, I don't know if you ought to do that. You know, John Mark deserted us before. (laughs) Their disagreement caused them to separate. Barnabas took John Mark. Paul took Silas. You know that. Barnabas spent time discipling John Mark. He took time with him. Man, I'm telling you, this guy's a great encourager. It was so effective that years later, Paul specifically asked for John Mark to come to him. I like that. And he matured to the point of becoming helpful to Paul in his ministry. And 2 Timothy 4.11, he is useful to me for ministry. There it is. So this separation opened up the way for two missionary journeys. Isn't that neat what God could do? God worked even through conflict, disagreement between the godly men. The Holy Spirit gave power they needed to to help them with the miracles. Sadly, some still wanted to get angry and kill Paul. Remember the story of Joseph? I know you all do. His brothers threw him into a pit, sold him into slavery. He was lied about, sent to prison. But God used all these terrible events for good in the end. God used Joseph to save millions of people. Millions. It's the same way that Barnabas and Paul. Amen? God used the plots and threats of non-believers to spread the truth. I love that. When they were threatened, they left the city, went to the next city, kept on, kept keeping on. No wonder God sent Barnabas along with Paul on this trip. Imagine when things got rough and Barnabas, the encourager, reminded Paul that God would use every difficult situation to spread the truth of his kingdom. That's what I like about your pastors and encouragers. The last time I was over here at Brotherhood, you encouraged us. He gave us some ministry points. Uh, It wasn't Brotherhood, it was our ministry conference. God instructs each of us to encourage each other just as Paul did with Barnabas. And like Barnabas as Christians, we're called to be what? Encouragers. Particularly to those who are weak in the faith and struggling. Oh, you can storm somebody down so easy, you can put them down. That ain't going to help nothing. We need to remain faithful. Well, you don't know what they did to me. Well, you don't know what they did to Jesus. (laughs) I mean, hey, you ain't never been crucified. Not really. We might have thought we had. (laughs) I want to mention again Barnabas, son of encourager. He's known as encourager. The world of trouble, heartache, frustration is not easy. It'll pull you down. But we need encouragers to help each other. Are you an encourager? The Holy Spirit is the great encourager. He comes alongside us to encourage us, comfort us, give us hope, help, guide us on the way. Now here's what I did a couple years ago. I retired. I got my shoulder fixed. That was my plan. 
I got a reverse rotor cup. Man, that thing works better than the other one. It really works good. I had about three months later, I'm biting at the bits. I'm ready. Oh, man, I miss preaching. I wish I was back. I wish I could do that. They said, would you consider coming back as interim? I said, well, yeah, I sure would. So I went as interim. They worked with a gentleman about eight months. His wife got a better job wherever they were. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. God didn't want him. For some reason, I'm not saying I'm anything. But after we see that going on, it wasn't getting no better, okay? I said, well, if you'll have me, I'll go ahead and re-up again. <laughs> and I told him, I said, now, when the memory gets real bad, when I get crazy, when I ain't remember, Dorothy reminded me the other day, you see, you forgot something. Maybe it's time to retire. <laughs> she, she keeps after me, and I said, well, God ain't told me to retire yet. Have you ever won somebody to Jesus? Have you ever literally won someone to Jesus? You can. First of all, you got to be saved. If you're not saved, you're going to have a difficult time saving, having somebody else saved. You're not going to save anybody anyway. I already know that all my converts went back. They don't make it. But Jesus' converts make it. If you on trial tonight for being a Christian, could they convict you? Could they get enough evidence to say you're a believer? Will you make a difference in somebody else's life this week? Will you give a word of encouragement to somebody along the way? Could we bow our heads and pray? I want to ask you a personal question. Are you truly saved tonight? Do you know without a doubt if you died tonight, you'd go to heaven? You ought to know that. It's not works. It's not about me or you, it's about Jesus and confessing our sins, forsaking our sins, asking Him into our heart, and thanking Him for dying in our place. Maybe you need a fresh commitment. You are saved, but you kind of got rusty. You kind of got off track. You need to come back and have that fresh start. Or maybe you need a church home tonight. You're visiting Miles Road, and you'd like to be a member here. How many of you would come up and say, Pastor, I want to be a Barnabas. Pastor, you can count on me. I want to help people to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to help on visitation, whatever I can do. I might have to have somebody with me, whatever, but God, will you use me and He will. Father, I pray that Your Word tonight is spoken to hearts. I want to thank You for saving an old wretch like me. I want to thank you. It's not about us. It's about you. It's about the Holy Spirit of God working through us. And I want to thank you for the invitation right now as, I, as the pastor comes up and as he uh, leads as, to see, as he sees fit. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.